Welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we discuss the history, facts, people, places, events, lots more surrounding Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out. And yet again, Randy, I got it right. I got it right. I didn't say, yeah, the wrong one. Linda, I'm known for making a mistake. We are joined today by Miss Linda Mayhood, who, oh, land sakes, we've wanted to have you on for forever. <laughs> Linda, great to have you today. How are you, dear? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good to have you. My cohort, Mr. Randy and I, uh, on a, I was going to say cold and dreary. It's just dreary, actually. Yeah. I kind of like rain. I, I like it. it. It's an essential part of things, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, tell me, Miss Linda. Now, I don't know where we should start with your bio or if we just, just start asking questions, but let me ask you, were with the POA for how long? 40 years. 40, four yeah. zero. Yes. As in, I retired well, as chief operations officer in 19 or 19, 2018. <laughs> Actually, December 31st of 2018, and I uh, moved there. John and I moved there with our two young sons in uh, 1978, and I had never, ever uh, drawn unemployment. So I go to the unemployment office. They said, oh, you got to look for work. I said, really? Okay. So the first place I went to, they hired me. So I never got to draw that first check. So um, it, it's all history from there, but I went to work uh, for them. And as I told you earlier, uh, I worked downtown. Um, that's so, where the POA was. Now, let me get this straight. So you've never had the opportunity to be a slacker, just 40 years of constant work, right? Exactly. They Something didn't, about, they didn't some- mail you checks back then, so... <laughs> you had to show up and pick it up, right? Yeah, you had to. So what, what was that first job, Linda? I actually uh, started in the accounting department as uh, collections. We had the old IBM Selectric that you typed in their name and put the paper in there and it would do a collection letter one by one. That's how we done it. So... So, so how much were dues at that time? How much was a, a annual, a monthly um, due? I think they were $12. $12 a month? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and around the golf? offices were downtown? Yes. We uh, actually, Cooper had his sales offices at one time at the uh, Belle de Rose. That's where they brought people in there, let them stay all night. We were right down the road um, at the Piggly Wiggly Shopping Center. We were all crammed in there. We had the accounting, the, what they refer to as the CFO now. He was accounting manager. We had the uh, financial director. Um, everybody in there, the utility ladies that done billing, the collections. You know, I got some funny stories from there. So, you know, this old building, we were all crammed in there, just desk every which way. And um, the general manager was at the police department in the village down where Colelli is now. 
Well, back okay. then, we didn't have 24-7 police. You got to go knock on the door at night if you need something or whatever. So I had to do that one night. But that's where we also had an old System 3 computer that was as big as that room, you know. The IBM, yeah. Yes. And it done punch cards. So come this time of the year, we had to do 12 cards January through December for every property owner. So we take the night shift and uh, the other girl and I would take some night shifts and let those 12 and they'd jam. We get all comfy thinking we're going to take a short nap. Now it'd stop. So, you know, have to keep those punch cards going. To- but but it would be making the eh, 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 oh, yeah. Eh, yeah. all night. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. But that's there. So we had to do that. We had a courier that ran from the village to downtown to pick up and bring us payments or whatever, you know, it might be. Um, This building was horrible. They rented it, but uh, we had a break room that had a three-legged table. Somebody had to sit and hold up the table when we did lunch. And if they got up, it was bad. (laughs) And the sink drained in a uh, five-gallon bucket, so we had to take that out. So, so, so all these, all these fancy doings, we didn't know there were such fancy accommodations in the beginning. People did we? complain now they don't have anything <laughs> to complain about. So I didn't know what I'd gotten into. I wasn't sure about this because I'd never, you know, experienced that before, but well, you know. let, let's go a step further back. Just another one. Okay. So right before you were going to draw unemployment, where did you come from? How did you get to the village? All that stuff. Um, I was born and raised in Illinois and my husband was from a rural farm town in Illinois. And um, he had a business with his brother. They built houses and contractor. And I worked at a bank. I was um, worked at several banks there, but the last one and John's mother and dad retired and they came to Hot Springs Village and fell in love with it and bought property. And they said, we're going here. We're not going to tromp through this snow another winter. So they sold and went down and we came down and we absolutely loved it. So we uh, bought a place on the lake on um, DeSoto and we were on Aberon. Yeah, Aberon uh, place. It was a townhouse, Cooper townhouse. Yes. And just the lake you're on. And so we lived there for quite a while. And uh, we've lived a couple of places in the village. But then as our kids got older, they wanted to be out. And so we bought 12 and a half acres out on Highway 7, right next to the bed and breakfast. Oh, up at the time, mountain time, mountain time, right before you get to Iron Springs. Yeah. And so we built a house there and we lived there 35 years and we still kept our property in the village. But um, we really enjoyed our time there. And, uh, so that's what we did. And John built houses in the village. Oh, and yeah. I and didn't then, know that. Uh, yeah. In 1980, the bottom fell out of housing. You know, it was horrible. It was a recession. So he had to get a real job. <laughs> him and his brother. So he actually went to work for the POA. Oh, really? And, um, at the shop next door to the POA, And when he retired in 2015, he was over all of building maintenance and uh, fleet maintenance. Oh, 
but he did. So I see. Well, well, let me, let me come back just a minute more. So in 78, you get hired, you're working at the, at the, the Velda Rose slash Piggly Wiggly, you know, and, and I remember when I was a kid, we would come to hot Springs and I would see the Piggly Wiggly sign and just laugh. Cause I thought that was one of the funniest <laughs> names ever as a kid, yeah. you know, the, the Wiggly Woggly or the Piggly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. yeah. So, so uh, the courier comes back and forth twice a day, high tech, I'm guessing. Oh yeah. If you, if you had a he- telefax, did y'all fax back and forth oh, or no? no, no that no. was way we beyond computers. We didn't have, we had that big system three at the police department. But everything, you had calculators, you had mounds of big, thick computer books that had all the property in it. And, you know, uh, it was not anything like it is today. Well, by the way, and I didn't tell you I had this, Randy, uh, at an estate sale probably about two years ago, I picked up one of those three ring binders that's this thick, that there's, there's two of them. And the realtors had them for Cooper and it had every plat in the village at that time. And there were two massive volumes like this and there were three ring binders and and they weighed 20 pounds a piece. Oh, big ones. I had them in my office when I retired. Oh my goodness. I still kept those. Really? I'm kind of the, um, the historian of the village. If everybody would give me their stuff and I kept it. And when Joanna Williams retired, she was our creation and she worked for Cooper as an engineer she gave me all of her stuff because she knew it would be safe and I would not throw it away. And Randy, and so, you want to, you want to know this, Randy, she actually, Joanna wrote an article for the paper mm-hmm. once a month or once every couple of yeah. weeks for years. And the, 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 if, if I have an, if I have knowledge, it's because of Joanna, she wrote all the time about, she yeah. wrote about the Cortez, the, the grave in the middle of the Cortez road. She wrote, endless reams of stuff that was fascinating to me. I couldn't just get enough. She had a sense of humor. Like you wouldn't (laughs) believe Joanna really had a good sense of humor. And, um, but yeah, she was another one. So when she left the POA, I got all of that. She knew it would be safekeeping. And I was just kind of the archivist of, you know, because we hadn't started anything. It wasn't that old then. Yeah. 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 Well, let's, let's, where is all that stuff today? Well, a lot of it, I hope, is still there. A lot of it's down in the pipe yard in um, tubs or whatever. Um, and then I was chairman of the 50th anniversary committee. So I just have tons of pictures and everybody as they left or even the property owners would bring me pictures and sift through them and the first parade in the village. And so all of those should be there in tubs. You know, they don't want, I don't even want to know if it's not. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. Well, let's, let's take a tour. So around 1980, you said the POA building was completed, which technically was way down the road. Now it's in the middle of the village ish or the first third, but at the time that was at the end of the end of the end of the road, right? That was supposedly the middle of the village at that time, as it was platted Mm. at that time. So really once you left the four way stop at Colella, there really wasn't much until you came to the POA building and the POA building has been added on. It wasn't near that big at all. We had well, back stairs and uh, they added on all of that back area later. Well, on. Let, let me make note because just recently they just tore down a building at the front gate 
as you pull in, it's be on the left over by the, the bank. And that building was the sales department. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So let, sales. let me get this straight. So sales had a really nice new building, but the accounting people had to hold up the other leg of the table and they had to empty out the, the drain every five gallons. Is that right? Yeah. And that was POA that was doing that because we were still fledgling. It was only pop maybe at the most a hundred Cooper was at that point, they had separated and Cooper was no longer on the board of directors. So Cooper had their sales office and then the POA, you know, we were starting. So at $12 a month with only X number of property owners, it was tough, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, um, and, and Cooper kept the rates low, but, it, but then right. uh, for golf and everything, but at right. the same time, they expected you to fulfill picking up the trash, the water, the right. sewer and the infrastructure. You know, we had a, uh, we dynamite through to lay pipe out. You know, when you get past four way stop, there was, there was no utilities to speak of. All of that had to be put in. So we actually had crews that would dynamite through that. And we had a magazine in an undisclosed location that we were able to keep our dynamite and, you know, dynamite those areas because it was just rock. It rained rock. And so to lay the pipe and all of that, we had crews. We had several crews at that time. Um, that department was larger than most of the others because of the infrastructure that was being put in at that time. So, so what year did y'all move to the village? We moved in 78. Okay. Okay. So, and so the townhouses on the North side of DeSoto were built at that time. The POA was maybe five years old at that time. Had the, did the POA start at 2000 or 75 or so? Probably about that time. It didn't start in 70. That's when the village started. And Cooper um, kind of controlled the board until they turned it over to the POA. So I would say it was 75, maybe, you know, they actually, they still had presence on the board. I can't remember. I had that at one time, but um, then turned that over to the POA and they started, of course, selling lots in 1970. Uh, well, no, they actually were incorporated, and I think it was more like 71. In fact, I used to have a picture of the very first salesman at Cooper. There was like 50 of them. And, uh, you know, a lot of people brought me things at the history committee and let me use that. But well, apparently, apparently the salesman made it somehow to Illinois and talked to your, your husband's oh, parents. Well, they actually would come in to Chicago. Uh And they would put on these, you know, I mean, you know, palm tree shirts and we were covered up our butts in snow, you know, it looked pretty good, but that's how John, the mom and dad, and they sent out direct mail. So uh, at that time it was direct mail. It wasn't internet or computers, a lot of direct mail and they would pay your gas and they would give you free you know, three days and two nights. So, Hey, let's a vacation. So that's the, how we them mm-hmm. at the Velda Rose, because there wasn't any place in the village right. to stay. You had to yeah. stay at the Velda Rose and drive 30 minutes back out. So it, explain to me what it was like in 78, 80, I'm driving through, I come in and there's this beautiful golf course. There's this new development. And on the left-hand side, there's this stunning golf course. And this, what was the DeSoto club like at that time? Oh my gosh. That was like you had to wear uh, the ladies dressed up. They were only open at night. 
Um, they the men had to wear jackets. And if you didn't bring one, if you were a visitor or you came in to visit, we always had jackets hanging in the hallway in the cloak room. And we would loan you a jacket because you had to have one. Because at that time, it was just that era, you know, you dressed up, they went out on Friday night, they had the dance floor, everybody danced and uh, just kind of imagine your mom and dad going out on Friday night to eat and dancing and uh, dressed up, you know, you didn't wear jeans or slacks, you wore a dress and the men were, and back then, we were a uh, dry county, so you had to buy tickets to buy booze. But we were a private community. You, you, you could no. The, the, the laws in Arkansas at that time, when we first came here, prohibited us taking cash. So we had to sell ticket books for alcohol. We'd have ten dollar books. You know, I think the most we had was $20 books because that was a lot of money. Um, I think we had five and 10 and $20 books. So they come in and buy a book when they come in. And that's how you tore it out of a little book. And that's how you paid for your alcohol. At the end of the night, we had a girl back in the office that had to count all of those coupons, you know, <laughs> to reconcile. So that went on for years. Well, the funny part to me is, is that I cannot fathom a time that with, with Al Capone and all the other people downtown, I cannot fathom a time that hot springs was dry ever, but apparently so, apparently so. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, we were in two counties. Okay. And we were a private club, but back then you could not take sell it for cash. You had to have some way to, I guess, uh, I don't know if they were afraid we were going to put it under the table. I really don't know. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. We had to sell coupons. Well, but so, so we drive past the DeSoto club Were the tennis courts and the putt putt and all that. Were they there? Uh, I believe putt putt was there and we had the, uh, the play center there, but it was an old one. It was a mm-hmm. little building. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't the new building that's there. And there might've been a couple of little basketball courts that was added, very small, but we did have the 19th hole and that's where all of the action was. Okay. All the Cooper salesmen would go down there after work. And, you know, like I say, we didn't have that many employees. So everybody met at the 19th hole. That was the happening place and have a drink and they had a room they'd have music and uh, just the place to go was the 19th hole that's all the place there was was 19th hole and DeSoto club that you know well I'm, I'm trying to get a feel for the day-to-day which you're doing a great job and thank you but so I get to the four-way stop and I could get gas if I had to right Yes, there was a little convenience store that you could pick up milk or bread, just very few items, but it was high. So back then, so you want to get your groceries in town. Um, But let me come in the front gate. When we first moved here, when you're coming down seven, nothing, very few buildings, nothing. Um, There was no Walmarts, no gas stations, no nothing. You get to the top of the hill 
at the stop sign, you look left where the uh, village center is now, Berkshire and all that, there's a little white building. It was the um, Dirks or the uh, Warehouser shack. That was what was there. And you mean shack? Yeah, it was a shack. So you look to the left and that was their little warehouse or shack there. Come on in the village and there was a little um, little hut at the very front of seven. They've just, I don't think that's still there. They tore that down, right? Well, they tore down the hut, but let me make note. There's still a couple of pylons that have little ends on them. Like there were iron gates there at one time. No, I mean, we always, um, when we came in, that was always um, manned. But there. not 24 hours, was it? No, but I don't remember any, um, any gates. gates? Okay. Mm-mm. Okay. I, I'm just asking. Just Back then, I guess if you got through there, you know, it was not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Not, um, but I don't remember it, but there was always somebody there. But I don't think it was even 24 hours. Yeah, but I think they closed at midnight cards. or something. We didn't yeah. have any gate cards or anything like that. You had a paper membership card that you showed them. That and was printed out on a Selectric. Yeah. <laughs> and if you gave me yours, they didn't know that. But oh. people didn't do that. You know, they were all pretty trustworthy. You know, well, what, was the shopping center on the right as you came in at that time? Because I know the, the building on the left with Cooper was. The shopping center on the right. Yeah, you know where the Chamber of Commerce is and the uh, the used to be the Arvest Bank. That, eventually, that was a grocery store. That was Foster's really? grocery store. And when they built that, that was after 78, everybody shopped there. Um, Bud, uh, Bud Foster and his dad, um, look, uh, what was his dad? But anyway, his dad just passed away not long ago. They lived in the village and he started Foster's Grocery Store. Now, Cooper built that um, shopping center beyond Century 21 now. And there was some, started getting some dentist and there was a beauty shop out there. But that wasn't in 78, but it was coming along, you know. Well, now, back to the four-way stop just for a second. Back to the four-way stop. You said there was a convenience store there. I think that's where the liquor store is now. Right. I had heard somebody say that's where the, there was a post office of sorts. Is that true? Um. It, yeah, well, it really wasn't a post office. They sold stamps and you could take your packages in there. They kind of had an agreement with the postal service. They sold gifts and trinkets and, you know, postcards and uh, greeting cards, and it was privately owned, but I think they had a little an agreement with Postal Service for people to be a convenience. But, to. but did you pick your mail up there or was your mail delivered or what? I don't remember your mail. No, your mail was delivered unless you had to have a cluster box. Oh, out, yeah. you go that far out. Yeah. They started expanding on the east side. A lot of people, um, POA had to build those cluster boxes, and I'm sure you've heard about them, and people yeah. have to get their mail there. Um, but pretty well, we lived in the west end of the village um, for quite a while. We lived on Battle on the Lane, and uh, we had a mailbox. But when they start expanding out the east end, there wasn't that many people. So to go that far to deliver one mail was not real convenient. So they've had a lot of growing pains and I think everybody gets mail now, I'm sure. But um, 
FM. But at the four-way stop, that's the hub of the village. You had um, uh, village villas, which they done all the rentals. And you had a laundromat, um, of course, the radio station. And there used to be a place called The Deck there, um, kind of a hangout for the kids. You get hamburgers and, you know, uh, and then Mary Lee's restaurant was very popular. It was kind of like a diner and you get whatever you want, um, kind of where the Mexican restaurant is now. Mm-hmm. So that was there. So that was kind of Cooper built that area. And the Regions Bank was the first one there. First, they were in a mobile home, I believe. Um, and I, on my checks, we've been with them since 78, you know, when we moved to the village. So every time i in town now, they say, boy, you've been along with this for a lot. I said, yeah, a long time. But uh, then they built that building and then expanded. But um, they had Regions there as the drive up. I think it's yeah. going to be Ziggy's or whatever now. Yeah, it's about to be Ziggy's. Let me interrupt for one second because I suspect I've done all the questions. Randy, I know you have a half dozen. Yeah, well, I've got I've got one how many how, how many how many houses are in the village at this point if you oh, had to guesstimate um we used to have when i left we had about um i would say close but i'm saying to, as you're as you're hearkening back so we're we're in the night we're in the late 70s early oh, 80s and we're talking i mean how how big is the village give me some idea it was the west end that's what you had you had from the when you came in the front gate. Are we talking the, hundreds? Are we talking any idea? I, I don't think it was in the thousands. There just wasn't that many, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, but they evolved. It was probably right now in eighteen when I left. We had about ninety nine hundred ten thousand uh, living units that got, had water meters or whatever. Uh-huh. Don't know what it is now, but. Like I said, there was probably, well, you know, Dennis from the front gate, frontier, there hasn't been a lot of new homes built, you know, down to Colella. So mm-hmm. yeah. uh, the West well, End I, was there. I, I was thinking about the urban density at Valina and DeSoto and mm-hmm. North Madrid that we're looking at here. I mean, those are, uh, yeah, there's a few units, but there's a lot of, of units inside there. So I would say, I'm guessing if we went from, uh, the end of DeSoto Lake all the way back West, maybe 500, you think probably something in that ballpark, but you know, at the same time, Randy, people are building homes, but at the same time they're building, uh, you know, uh, uh, townhouses and Cooper's. Yeah. I always joke that, you know, somebody would ask me, well, why does this area blown up? And I say, well, Cooper sprinkled their godlike powers in this area. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they would build 20, 30 houses in a subdivision, Pacifica, something like that, and build it out. Well, next thing you know, there are people building next by. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, man, we've got so many questions for you. But the so, but DeSoto, <laughs> pay, pay DeSoto goes how far at this point in, when you're in like 1980? Well, it went to, I remember the four-way stop at Colella. That's where it was quit and then it was gravel okay and then every year you know we paved we um i think it might have went to the marina at that time the desoto marina back then there was a little bait shop and that there um 
but you could go behind the bank and everything and get down to that road too. Uh, but everything evolved after that. Everything evolved east, you know, in probably 1980. And that's why they put our building. We were pretty isolated out there. Um, they put our building at that location. They said, this is halfway in the village. This is halfway through the village. And that's where we were. Well, and, and to be very it. frank, it was halfway between there and Balboa Road. Right. Because we added on the other part from Balboa Road to, to Highway 5 much, much later. Right. Um, we're going to have to have you back on if we can. Do you mind? Oh. <laughs> I'm seriously, we haven't even scratched the surface. I'm no. dying to ask you about the NRPI years. I'm asking, I'm dying to ask you about the nineties. I'm, there was a golden parachute period period. There was a, I mean, let me ask this and we'll try and wrap it up here a little, but what was the, what was a golden moment besides your retirement? What was, what was yeah. the period? What was I the period when the you village. I that, really did. Um, you know, because there was a lot of first, you yeah. know, you got to be involved with first. And and with that, I there's a lot of pain, too, because nobody had done it before. So we're doing it. And but back then, you know, people were so happy. They were happy to live there. They wanted to help and they wanted to start volunteer community uh, organization and you know, there just didn't seem to be the discord. You know, they moved there because they want to be there. John's folks moved there, played golf, made lots of friends. And they lived up off of West Valina on Montoro. And my husband and his brother built their house there. It still stands today. And so it was just a time that everybody was equal. Nobody, they didn't care what you had. Um, they Everybody was equal. You paid the same amount. You enjoyed each other's company, had a lot of friends. They played cards, um, just a lot of social time. The way retirement was intended to be and not to sit around and and be the backseat or the, uh, you know, armchair referee wanting to, you know, like they yell at the TV or something. It just wasn't that way, you know? So you start as an accounting, you start as an accounting clerk and you go from mm -hmm. that to what, I mean, walk us through the progression of your 40 years. Um, I actually started as an accounting clerk doing, um, and quickly I moved up and they asked me to take over the accounting department because I'm just that just the way I am. I want to help do things and learn things pretty quickly. Um, So I was the accounting manager over the whole accounting department and I had IT. Well, I think it wasn't IT back then, you know, the system three. Um, And, you know, I had a lot of departments then we took care of and. And the head uh, count about that point, what's the head, what's the employee count? Not quite a hundred. We didn't in the whole POA. Okay. You know, but that includes um, golf courses and everything, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We didn't have, you know, and it was less than a hundred when I went to work there, everybody knew everybody. So, um, but probably, um, in, I can't remember the year, but they asked me if I would then, you know, be interested in being the assistant to the general manager. That's when Al Klein was there. And I said, you know, I just don't know. He interviewed me. He said, I, I said, let me think about it. 
I said, if I don't like it, I was accounting manager. And he said, well, you know everything. And I just think you'd be a real asset. They hired a man and he made a yogurt run every day. He just couldn't seem to grasp the concept of the village, you know, <laughs> but he was a young man and, you know, um, so he didn't last very long. So I said, well, let me think about it. If I don't like it, can I go back? And well, probably not. So I said, okay. Finally, I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. Uh, the rest was history. And I uh, done that. And um, then I become corporate secretary. And then I became, um, you know, I don't even know all the titles. I've had well, you you, you I, say that you say the rest is history, but how many years of history as the assistant? Oh, probably. Oh, it was probably 1990. Or so about 30, 38 years ish. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, now a couple of times in there, you were acting, actually acting general manager or interim general manager yeah. too, right? Uh, yes. They would call me and say, you know, we're about ready to make a change. Would you step in? Oh Lord. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll do that. So yeah, it was two, bring, three bring, bring your duct tape, bubble gum and bailing yeah. wire. We're going to hold it together till everybody else shows back up. Right. No, and I guess I was just, um, the one that because of being the assistant, I knew everything anyway and worked with the board very closely minutes and do, done everything else. So um, it really wasn't a hard transition at all. They were all very, very good um, till we would hire somebody or it's just not something that uh, I wanted. I was still raising a family and, you know, it's just not something I wanted to do full-time. Um, but I was right in the mix of it. So it really, that's you know. an understatement. So what's your favorite amenity? Probably woodlands. I love mm -hmm. ponds. I love what they've done there. Even though people screamed, I literally, we were at a board meeting one time when they said, we're going to build ponds and, uh, uh, you know, they stood up. I'll never forget this. We were at Coronado Center. That's where we had our board members. Little old ladies screaming, throwing things. They went, well, we don't want that thing. You know, it was going to cost a million, whatever it was. I don't remember. million dollars. Are you crazy? Oh, my gosh. We don't need it. We'll never go to that place. You know, blah, blah. And Fred Mills was the on the board. And he was the proponent. He's just like a little bulldog. We just love Fred. And he, you know, he pushed through with it, you know, but that was a real, and now they love it. We couldn't it's do a, it. It was a game changer. It was you a game know, changer. It was. And well, so well, I love ponds because then we started going to New York and getting booking um, acts and it just really changed. You know, I love that place. You know, yeah. it's, I don't know, um, you know, now we had the pandemic and everything, but People love that. They don't have to go to Little Rock or, you know, somewhere else to find those type of um, acts. So I think, and I love Cortez Golf. That's kind of my favorite golf course. Um, that's always been kind of when I had the time to play, which I don't, didn't have much time to play. So, but, What's you know, talking about the uh, amenities, when we first moved there, uh, the natatorium wasn't there. Of course, it was an outdoor swimming pool. That's what we had there. And they built, oh, yes. 
Um, I actually had a swim party there one time when we first moved here, and that was an outdoor swimming pool. And uh, then they built the roof over it and expanded it. But that was, uh, uh, well, it wasn't when we first moved here. They they put it in, you know, a little bit later. But that was an Did you know that, Dennis? I had no idea. I had no idea. No mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. The outdoor swimming pool. What's your, fa- what's your favorite story that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, well, I got a couple, you know. Uh, being always in customer service, no matter what you do, you know, customer service. We had a little old lady moved in from Chicago and boy, she was just madder than fire because we turned her hot water off and she didn't have <laughs> any. And she probably lived in an apartment in Chicago somewhere and her husband had passed away. Nobody was convincing her that we didn't shut her hot water off. So I got her eventually and going through the ranks and they said, well, you need to handle her. She's a feisty. I told her, ma'am, we don't, we don't provide hot water. Oh, she said, I've heard everything now, you know? And uh, I said, there's a little white cylinder, something somewhere in your house. It could be under your house. Oh no, I don't have anything like that. So we sent the water department out there to, find her hot water heater and they had a time convincing <laughs> her that where her hot water came from, you know? So, um, you know, we've just got a lot of stories like that, that, you know, it was, uh, you can laugh now, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't funny at the time. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> but, well, I, re- I remember there was a lady who lived over on Lake Coronado when this has been 15 years ago. And, and, and it was an unfortunate story. You know, I, I want to, when our guests come here, I want to hold up a sign that says, this is not an amusement sign. The, <laughs> the, this is real. This is real. If there's a snake, it will bite you. If there's yeah. a fish, yeah. you know, these yeah. are real things. There's a bear and he's going to swim, but leave him alone. You know, this yeah. is not an amusement park. Yeah. No, but we had a lady over in Coronado and you can probably shed more story on this than than I can, but there was a lady who suggested in the paper and she was kind of verbal about this. She, she went down to the water's edge and she got bit by a water moccasin or a copperhead or, or a water moccasin, I believe it was, and her hand swelled up, but they give her lots of yeah. you know, a Benadryl and you're better. And she decided that she thought, because we had so many POA employees, like 290 or at the time or something that we should have a snake killing day. And all of the, and she meant this and all of the POA employees should get start on the West end and just go to the East end. And it shouldn't take that long. I mean, it ain't that big a place. She said, Oh, yeah. You got this kind of stories all the time, Linda. Yeah. 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 They thought that we should do a lot of things that was just almost impossible. You know, uh, they had, they just didn't get the concept of grass, the, uh, size of hot springs village when you say 26,000 acres you know they they don't understand that um, and you're living with the wildlife and a lot of people love that um, a lot of people don't they don't like the animals they came from the concrete jungle you know and they did not quite know how to handle that would call the police for everything you know if they seen a snake or you know anything or our biggest thing was telling them not to feed the deer don't feed the wildlife you know they become a nuisance and that's that's a hard thing to get them not to do in those early in those early days the the influx of people 
Was there some particular place that the village seemed most popular to attract people from? Yeah, all of us damn Yankees, we came down here. You know, uh, they really heavily uh, marketed in the Illinois and the Northern. Uh, really, it was the contiguous states really around. But the reason that they got so many damn Yankees here was because of the weather. I mean, look at it today. It's almost 70 degrees. And my sister-in-law that's here, she says she had a heavy coat and sweater and everything when she got here. She doesn't need it. Um, and, and they love that. You know, they don't have to go, but maybe one day travel time, they can still go see their grandkids and their family. Um, so we had a ton of Illinois, Wisconsin, uh, all of the Indiana um, but then again, Dallas, where you're at, Randy, there was tons of Texas people. Yeah, Texas, there still are. Yeah. yeah, Texas and Oklahoma, because you're not that far. You're five, six right. hours away. That's and right. they love that. So they really marketed very heavily and they would fly up and rent a hotel uh, meeting room and they would send invitations out and have you come up there show you this wonderful, you know, uh, presentation about, you know, the Caribbean. We thought that's where we're going, you know, it's gorgeous and moderate climate. And I think that's really, I don't think anybody was disappointed at all. But I have to tell you this one thing. The first year we moved here, we lived on Badalona Circle. We had 18 inches and I have pictures. I was so mad. I said, they said it never snowed here, okay? 18 inches. We lost power. I had a five-month-old baby, and I was just fit to be tied. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. I've got pictures of the kids out in the igloo they built out in the yard, and, um, oh, this hadn't happened in 100 years, you know, but it did. Uh, so it does snow here. We don't ever want to tell people it doesn't, but Typically, it doesn't do that, but we were pretty well paralyzed, you know, at that time. Uh, we had we didn't have a fireplace in our house, so we had to go to the neighbors and take the baby and, you know, stay warm until we could get power back on. But I'll never forget that. And they didn't they didn't just pull out the snow plows and plow it all off and like they oh, do yeah, in yeah. Illinois. No, no. Plows. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, in these hills, people from Illinois and, and the Yankees, they think, oh, they these people are like they don't know how to drive. Yeah, they were all in the ditch. Go down to Soto whatever it looked like a demolition derby and we'd end up having to pull them out you know or give them a ride home they were well, kind of cheapish then a second ago randy asked a question and he said i think you said randy were you asking about the destination in the village that people would come to or was that no i just uh she answered it uh okay. you know the the place that was attracting the most people and and i mm -hmm. get it I mean, yeah. even a guy in Dallas, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You want a temperate, you want a temperate winter for sure. You, know, you want to be able to take advantage of the golf course all year long. And, oh. and, you know, back then we didn't have trails or anything. You made your own trails in the woods or whatever, but they love being outside and they love playing golf. Back then golf was just, you know, everybody played golf, you know? Yeah. And so um, they love doing that year round. And my, um, mother and father-in-law, they played a lot of golf and once they came down and retired. So 
it was just the years, you know, kind of like the Camelot years. You just, everything was good. You know, everybody had a good time. Uh, a lot of social events and a lot of dances at Coronado Center. It really, at that time, Coronado Center was kind of a hub for social gatherings and dances and, you know, uh, parties. And it just, um, you know. Well, from it was a there, good time. time. Yeah, well, from there, the, the next development and we're going to have to have this to be continued i can tell but from there we kind of stepped out and got to the balboa golf course which is a pretty ritzy place in its day what was that like did that diminish DeSoto, or were they both thriving or what, what happened you know balboa was not the anywhere didn't even compare with DeSoto club DeSoto really? club was ife jones the mahogany wood the um, just had a different feel about it. Uh, when you went in, you know, you were somewhere special. It was more like a country club. Very Frank Lloyd Wright. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Balboa was more of a casual dining. Um, you know, we had a lot of vendors in there, but we had mostly plate lunches and lunches and, it just wasn't, didn't have the same feel. And it hmm. was more of a, just a restaurant and they had buffets and that kind of thing. Back in the day, DeSoto was a sit down, they served you, you know, had that very upscale feel. And that's hmm. what people liked because back in the day, um, everybody went out on Friday night when they were working in Chicago or wherever they came from Dallas, they'd go out on Friday or Saturday night. And that was their night to go out and, and dance and have a good time. So um, a totally different feel from Balboa. Randy, I'm sure you got more. I do, but we need to uh, be respectful of her time, but we, yeah, we're definitely, there's a part two, maybe a part three, even. Yeah. I mean, there, there could be many parts to this, Linda. I mean, you're, you, you know, you just know too much. Your problem is you know too much. <laughs> well, I know where everything's buried. You know, I used to say, I know where all the skeletons are buried and, and, uh, but you know, uh, there's just nothing like those early years yeah. um, at all. It was just, it, you just felt like you were a pioneer, you know, and uh, developing something good and being a part of something that was much bigger. And I would have never dreamed that we have the businesses out there that we have now, the people, um, and you just, you start down seven and there's just nothing but, businesses you know um i don't even remember seeing billboards back in the 70s you know or anything like that now i'm not a fan of billboards but um there just wasn't anything there and that was not a good thing if you were living there because you had to go to hot springs to get your goods and services and we had to go to the doctor in hot springs and that kind of thing, but it really wasn't so bad, but it's nice to have it close now. I'm sure they love that. Um, but back in the early days, it was just maybe the community feeling you had because everybody knew of just about everybody. And as a new one come in, they were embraced and brought into the fold and, um, those of us that had young children, we gravitated toward one another. And a lot of 
you know, our first time friends out there, Randy and Margaret Sarver and, uh, you know, uh, Roger Smith and his wife that live on South Pago. He he and a lot of Cheryl and and uh, uh, Dale Kasner and just a lot of us that came there in the early years, Deb and Tom Seibert, you know, we all uh, got together and we had a good time. Well, you know, all those names you just mentioned, and it's surprising to me, but those are old people now. And now you, <laughs> you obviously are not in that bucket, which is, con- that, oh, that's incredible. <laughs> that is very convenient. I, yeah. It's amazing. I think about all those old people and I think, well, that's not, that's not Linda. No, it's kind of like going to a class reunion. You think I must be in the wrong place. <laughs> these people are old, you know. <laughs> But yeah, you know, you just gravitate toward that and you, um, nobody, we were all in the same bucket and, you know, we just had a good time. We had a good time. You know, there's an opening for general manager, don't you? Yeah, they're, they're hiring. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) Experience is is suggested. They do have, if you have previous experience, you may have, you know, an in, you know. Let's see. She's got her Uh, teeth gritted. (laughs) (laughs) That's a hard hard pass. Still enjoy retirement. (laughs) I love retirement. Um, Nothing like it, you know. But and, and nothing, I, nothing, nothing going to be like it is what I'm hearing tell, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I sent John Paul a text the other day and I said, well, are you ready to start enjoying retirement again? You know, I, John and I go back many years when he was director of golf and, you know, got along quite well, but there's nothing like it. You know, it's nice to do something different or whatever, but not on a permanent basis. You know, we like getting up and having two hour coffee sessions of a morning and, you know, no place to go if we don't want to go. So you you sound a lot like John Paul a couple of years ago. (laughs) I think he's ready to get back to it. I think he'll give it, he'll give it, he'll give it to the next person that walks in the door. If they ask, right. I'm pretty sure it is a different, um, it's a different animal sometimes and you know it's evolved and it's more like a city now you've got you know a lot of different people and um all the socioeconomic you know it's all over the place you a lot know of moving parts yeah a lot of moving parts and it's hard to satisfy all of those different um classes of people and i don't mean classes of people but everybody wants something different or thinks we ought to do this or thinks we ought to do that. And it's really hard to, um, I would hate to be on the board to, you know, make those decisions on a daily basis and how you, you know, keep everything going. And uh, it takes a lot of money. It's not cheap anymore. Uh, uh, There's still quite a few people that probably don't know where their hot water comes from. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. But yeah, there's a lot of stories like that. We used to, uh, you know, like uh, when we were talking about it, the POA office back in the seventies, you know, we had that rickety old table, but we, our uh, sink water went into a five gallon bucket. And one day somebody, I said, Hey, it's your, your time to empty that bucket. It's full. Well, without thinking, they picked the bucket up and put it down the sink. The water, <laughs> never that I never let them live that down. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a person that probably is just too stupid to have that job. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that person that you're talking about, I'm pretty sure they post on next door every day. I'm pretty probably. sure. <laughs> or Facebook. And Facebook and yeah. Facebook. Believe they poured it right back down there without the bucket, you yeah, know. Yeah, there's funny. a lot of uh, but we had good times. A lot of the people that used to work there and still in contact with them get email and text from them because we really did. We had a we had a great time and and we felt like we got a lot done. Yeah, Are you writing did. a book? Yeah. Are you writing a book? I have Betty always asked me if I was gonna do that. I used to write down a lot of funny things and some a lot of things that happened over the years, you know, but how do you, you know, I guess you could change the names to protect the end. <laughs> nah. you know? Like you're saying, nah. I'm old now. They're probably not around. So <laughs> uh, you just go with it. It's a tell yeah. all. It's a tell all book. It'll sell yeah. more copies if you do it that way. Yeah. yeah. Probably never believe it happened, but it did. Well, I'll tell you what, you write the book and me and Randy, the young whippersnappers, we'll hang on to it for five years till everybody's dead, 10 yeah. years, 15 years, yeah. and then we'll publish it. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. I think everybody should laugh at themselves, you know, and you got to laugh at yourself and, and go with the flow and it just, uh, but think of all the pictures that you could include in this thing. Oh too. man. I, I'll tell you what episode 2.0. Will you bring some pictures? Seriously? Um, I've got a bunch of pictures. Yeah. So let, let's line up episode 2.0. And yeah, we'll we come need back to include as many of those as you're willing to share with us. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. a, you know, there's a lot of pictures. Like I say, there's a lot of them in tubs. I went through at the 50th anniversary and, uh, pulled out a lot of pictures, you know, and back then, uh, you know, I met uh, John's grandfather and then I met his dad quite a few times coming to the village. You're talking and about John Cooper and John Cooper yeah, the second. Yeah. Great guy. I mean, John's dad was a great guy and his grandfather. Grandfather wasn't, I didn't meet as many times, but um, his father, yes, you know, mm -hmm to the village and always meet with us and so and then of course when he was gone john took over but yeah it's uh you know it was just a good and you talked about mpri and uh eric estrada you know you remember those times so i, I think there was like a across that dvd the other day I yeah, think I yeah. saw a Linda Mayhood that made a cameo on that, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, really? Yeah. You were in one of the commercials, if I'm not mistaken. I was in, in one of the commercials. That, yep. <laughs> we had a reception out of Balboa. Well, I, I tell you what, let's come back and we'll we'll get you episode two at least. And I think I hear episode three calling. <laughs> but seriously, yeah. if you would, we'd enjoy it. Linda, thank you. We cannot thank you enough. Right, These well, memories thank you. are. I'm glad I could sit in and be your uh person today sorry stephanie couldn't make it but um you know i think she's just dodging time. us i think that's what it is she's just <laughs> dodging us yeah maybe another time and we can get together and i got a lot of things going on right now so we'll uh, we'll get back together you just want to pick my brain before it gets you know <laughs> back i can't remember oh, no, you seem is. you seem you seem quite a bit sharper than the host here <laughs> Oh, so, I don't know true. if that's saying anything or not. Yep. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a comparison thing. It's a comparison thing. Oh, on a serious, on a, on a serious, okay. on a serious note, we, we, we do, we do 
uh, we do sympathize and, uh, and, and send you our best wishes and prayers. We know life is challenging yes. these days. So yes, thank you. We, we wish you, you, we wish you all the best moving forward. Okay. Well, peace, peace I and will. kindness, my dear. Okay. Well, I tell you what, we're going to come back and grab you soon at hot springs village inside out for hot springs village inside out. I'm Dennis Simpson and he is Randy Cantrell. Look, I did it for you. Thank you. And we're glad to have you again. Thanks. Come back. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.